How's it going this week, everybody? So this week I'm going to be having Sarah on, and she decided to tell the story of this very dark experience she had while living in a house growing up. And I do warn a lot of people that it is a very disturbing story, but I think it's important that people get out there and talk about this. And it honestly sounds very demonic. A lot of dark, violent activity was experienced by her and her family. So I do appreciate everybody that's been supporting the show, by the way. Thanks to all of our members and everybody that's just been engaging with the show and, and talking about it. I really do appreciate it. And I hope that anybody out there that's struggling with stuff like Sarah was, I, I hope that this story can uh, get to you and know that you're not alone out there. Enjoy the show. I grew up in a house that was handed down through my family. It had never been in anyone else's hands um, until we sold it. Um, it was in the middle of Indiana. We didn't really have a lot of neighbors. The town was really small. Um, on 200 acres, in the spot in the middle of it was our big farmhouse and then a barn and just loads of fields. And I don't know, everything was really fine until... Um, my parents had to split up. My dad went away, uh, moved down to Florida, and then it was just my mom taking care of us, and all of a sudden she got a job in another state. So my mom would be home for like a week and then go away for a week. So she'd be home for some of it, and then other parts of it was just me and my sister having to kind of console each other. Um, it started with the growling. So... If you, we had a huge dining room table with, that sat, sat eight people. And then if you sat in just the one chair that my sister would always sit in and you just, everything was quiet, you could hear growling. And we were sitting there one day and she got super mad at me and was just <laughs> looked up at me and just scolded me just, just like <laughs> you didn't let the dogs out. And so I went to the entryway and was like, no, the dogs are out. And like, they're, I, they're outside and went back and sat down. And she looked up and she's like, no, they're not. Go let the dogs out. I can hear them. Got back up, opened all the doors. She got up too. We looked and I was like, no, they're not in the house. They're outside. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't hear anything. Um, and we just kind of went on from there. And I think she just kind of wrote it off. I don't know if it stopped or if she just kind of sat there and started ignoring it. But then it got to the point where it was every time that she sat there, she just would say that she was hearing it again. And I would get up and stand next to her just to try and hear what she was hearing. And even with me standing next to her, I couldn't hear anything, but she would be hearing at the exact point that I would be standing next to her. And then she just ended up, stopped sitting in that chair would just not go near it didn't even want to sit at the dining room table anymore and so uh I tried to sit there one day and I was just drawing and it only took about 10-15 seconds before I heard it and it would it just straight up sounded like a large deep dog just growling and it was weird you could hear it only coming in on your left side 
you know, exactly where it was. And if you just look straight out where it was coming from, it was just our entryway to our front door. And you just got this weird overcoming feeling of just being watched. Something was there just without even seeing it. It just felt like something was right there. And then if you got up or moved, it was gone. And then if you sat there again, you could hear it again. And then I was done. After that, I didn't go. We weren't sitting at the table anymore. Couldn't eat at the table, nothing. So then um, we also started noticing like lights being left on. The house was really big. And we only used about 50% of it, mostly because everything was wood furnace. So we couldn't heat the whole house. So a lot of it was boarded off. And so at that point, we were only using about 50% of the house. We'd find lights on in closets and obscure places in our house that we couldn't figure out, you know, who was in here, what were they doing? And then, um, especially the TV in the bathroom, our, for whatever reason, our TV in our bathroom would just come on out of nowhere. And it always was turned on a TV fuzz, even though we had cable hooked up to it. And there was just, we never even used that TV. It hadn't been used for years. And then it would just flip on. Um, and we just kind of, you know, it was whatever. Things only got really, really bad when I came home from school one day. It was almost summertime, so we were almost out of school. And I went to take leftovers out to the dogs. Now we had four dogs, two large ones, two little ones. And the little ones were in a pen in our backyard. They couldn't get out. They couldn't, and they were completely harmless, super friendly, little Pomeranian dogs. Like you could pick them up, hold them. They didn't bark, growl. They didn't do anything other than just kind of jump around and yap. Um, I took the meat out to the dogs, and I got two little dogs last. And then I noticed that the one dog came up and was eating, and then looked to the other side of the pen and saw my dog laying there on her stomach, kind of like in a, almost like how a sphinx sits, just like paws straight forward. It was just a weird position for her to be sleeping. And in the sunlight, it was like midday, uh, sun was out, and she was a little black dog. It would be extremely hot for her to be laying out in the sun like that. And I got up to go into the fence. I could just walk over the fence, got inside, and went to go like pick her up. Um, I stood over and said her name, and noticed that she wasn't breathing anymore. And... Um, I went to go reach down and pick her up and, uh, it it was just, (laughs) I couldn't, she was like cemented to the ground. It freaked me out so much because I just, she was light as a feather. I went to just go pick her up. And you know, when you see something that you think is so much lighter than it actually is, just slipped through my fingers like a rock. And I got down to see, like, I knew she was dead, but I couldn't figure out, like, what killed her or what was going on, and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't pick her up until I actually got down on the ground face level with her and saw that her head had been staked into the ground through her mouth. It was as if something had held her mouth open and drove the stake of the fence down through her throat, through her mouth, into the ground, deep into the ground. And I tried to pull the stake out. I could not pull the stake out myself. 
And uh, just at that point, as soon as I started like trying to pull on the stake, I got hysterical and just couldn't, could not handle it whatsoever. Uh, it was just crying, shaking, got, went into the house and my sister was just like, you know, what's wrong? So I'm like screaming, sobbing at this point and got my words together. was like, Phoebe's dead. My dog is dead. And she didn't know what to do. She ran out there, looked at it and just like panicked and called my mom. My mom was still in another state. So she called my grandma to come over. My grandma went out there, looked at it and tried to like pull the stake out. Um, I think my sister ended up burying the dog. I have no idea. I, I never, I, I didn't even see her after that. I couldn't stand it. Um, what? And then, this happened out in mm-hmm. Indiana, correct? Mm-hmm, correct. R- rural area? What was that? Was it a rural area or were you in a, like a city? Really, really rural. Okay, like, I figured as much based on the, the size of the property. You said 200 acres? Mm-hmm. That's a lot yeah. of space. That's, that's not <laughs> right, man. We did not have neighbors. I mean, we did, but in such a small community like that where everybody minds their own business we really didn't have any interaction with our neighbors and if we did it was like passing helping nothing nothing bad there were no break-ins there was no crime and it just if if it was a person that did this to my dog it was some obscure lunatic and i don't know why they wouldn't have killed any of our other animals we had barn cats we had other dogs especially the larger dogs that roam the property that were readily there. I don't, I have no idea why just my one dog had to be the one that had this happen to her. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. So that's the, the growling is disturbing for sure. So when did that start? Was that, that was the kitchen table. Is that the only time it ever happened or did it, did it expand beyond that? That was, it was only if you were in the dining room of the entryway um, that we knew of that, like, you could feel that presence, the growling. Like I said, you could only hear it if you sat in that chair. We never heard it anywhere else, at least not that I know of. Um, After my dog got skewered, (laughs) um, my mom decided to start having us kind of cut out of school early and start coming up to another state with her. So... Um, I spent literally only a couple days at a time just trying to wrap up school and then would go stay with my mom. And then, uh, but my older sister, she was getting ready to go into college. So my mom told her that she could stay. And it got really weird because things would happen while we were gone. And my sister would call us hysterical. And my mom would plead with her to leave the house, go live with grandma, go like, you can go stay with a friend, do anything. And for whatever reason, my sister would not leave the house. And we, it, it just became a horrible, vicious cycle of her being super upset about things, lights being on all the cabinets being open and all the doors being open when she would come home. Like somebody had gone through the house looking for something, but nothing was ever taken. Um, those were the worst. She'd call them like midday, middle of the night and just say like, I got home from work or I got home from school and everything was open. 
and no idea why. Whoa. That's, <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've dealt with, uh, I don't want to, so with the, so whenever I refer to, to, to demonology or any, anything with the word demon, I, I, I try to be very careful because I feel mm-hmm. like it's been mainstreamed a lot and, you know, a lot yep, of yep. the commercialization of this kind of stuff has, when you watch the ghost shows and stuff, you know, everything's a demon, you know? Right. And yep. so, but when you talk about growling and, and, you know, something killing an animal, that's, that's pretty far to that domain. You know, I, I don't know what else I could really tell you on that part. This sounds extraordinarily dark. It, it didn't just kill my dog. <laughs> I, when I posted on Reddit, I knew it was going to get, I, I don't know what I expected, but um, my sister called us in the middle of the day, like three in the afternoon one day. And this time I could hear her yelling on my, on the phone with my mom. My mom had to leave work early and came home to us um, up in another state. And my sister is just panicking on the phone. And my sister says that she witnessed a cat climb onto a folding lawn chair and the lawn chair snap violently in half and break the cat's spine. Whoa. And in front of her, we had like in the dining room behind the dining room table, we had glass sliding doors that you could see through um, that just viewed out into the fields and she she was standing there, I guess, watching a cat climb onto lawn furniture, and the cat just was climbing up through the back of the chair. So the chair folds in half forward, climbed up through the back of the chair, and the chair snapped like a coyote trap. Just, I mean, like violently to the point that it broke the cat's spine. And my sister actually had to go outside, and I, I don't know if she shot it. I don't know what she did. I, she gets really upset when she talks about it because she literally witnessed the entire thing happen. That was the only other animal that I know of that died, but still, it was enough. That would um, fuck me up for a while. Like, <laughs> that wouldn't, that's, that's, when you see those kind of things, you know, I, I get it with the skeptic talk, you know, like, a lot of people want to say, oh, you're, you know, you're imagining things or, you know, you didn't, you, you didn't see what you really saw. And I'm like, there's too many accounts, man. And when stuff starts dying and when things mm-hmm. get that violent, like it, people aren't making it up anymore. No, and not to our pets. I mean, we, yeah. we are extreme animal people. This isn't anything I've, I ended up not even talking about it until um, I think the only time that we ever talked about it was either among ourselves. And then in college, I ended up joining like a paranormal investigation group for a little while and then felt that they, I don't know what it was. I, I felt weird after telling other people for the first time and just kind of dropped out of it just because I just, it's just a wild thing to claim. <laughs> I, I get it that it really, really is. Especially when, I don't know, I've heard other people of having, like, if something can move something in front of you, like, other people claim, like, you know, seeing things move or, like, things happening, why is it that it can't physically hurt something, especially something that's small and defenseless as a cat or a dog? 
you know i when it comes to a lot of the the even like the sasquatch groups or the cryptid groups um a lot of it is vastly discounted because there are so many i don't like to use the word crazy but there's some crazy people involved with these kind of groups that are really into it i don't know if you've ever been involved with groups beyond your little i don't know how big your group was actually but i don't know if you've really Mm -hmm. looked into that kind of stuff but i'm in a lot of these groups because Mm -hmm. of the show and like i get anywhere from everyday blue collar guys that are talking about like hey i've really seen some weird stuff i don't know what it is this is my story and there's also people Mm -hmm. that take pictures of dust and are like i saw a ghost you know right so there's 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 a lot of discrediting going on when there doesn't need to be which is unfortunate because i think that the small percentage of stories that are true and are very interesting they get discredited immediately because no one wants to look at the look through and sort through all the ones that aren't true to find the one or two that are real and like even doing Mm -hmm. the show man i have to search really 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 hard to find people that come on with like a good story and are willing to talk about it and even then the thing that's hardest is when i do find people with good stories they don't want to talk about it when it really happened it's not some made-up story or it's not people just trying to see something it's it's hard to get them on it really is i've had people pull out of the show last minute you know i've i've had people Mm -hmm. never call when they're supposed to call and it's 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 tough it's tough it really is and i mean i get so many crazy messages like i some some people should see my inbox sometime like i'll never like (laughs) i would never leak dms but like some people should see Mm -hmm. some of the crazy stuff that i get sent and then you know two percent of those messages are really really interesting things that i can't explain Mm-hmm. absolutely so i don't know what happened in that house i really don't i, I assume it's an old building oh yeah it's it was the house burned down once and was rebuilt completely um i mean we still had original fireplaces we still had original like pump water systems um like the big iron hand pump for the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, it was a legitimately very old settlement house. Had lots of family members come and go, die in the house, live in the house throughout their life. Farming was the only thing that my family did up until like the 50s and 60s. And then they started taking other jobs. Women got jobs. Most of it was a lot of my family always had girls and um, a lot of them became school teachers. Um, the whenever we till would till the fields um we found all kinds of indian artifacts there is tons and tons and tons we have boxes of arrowheads of playing balls of pottery of all kinds of stuff from just tilling the farmland every year we found more um mom keeps all of it um i guess at one point my uh, this family did like uh, they were Quakers that came to the area and did teaching to native tribes and taught like writing in English and stuff for people looking to trade and to their children. So we have like gifts from them and things like that. And I always kind of wondered if that had anything to do with it, but I really don't like the notion of like haunted cursed Indian burial ground. 
it's not like I don't think anyone was really buried there. And I don't see why with such the good relationship, at least that my family that I know of had with them, I don't understand why there would ever be this kind of negative, especially because it didn't happen until we were literally selling the property, which is a lot of the reason why we don't, we didn't take pictures or we didn't try to record everything. And we really didn't talk about it. My mom would go absolutely nuts telling us, you know, don't ever talk about this. Don't take pictures. Don't, you know, don't tell anyone because I need to sell this house. We need to move. This is draining all of my savings for, we have to get rid of this house. Um, I know it's been sold two more times since in the past. Oh, it's been like 12 years now. That's a lot in a 12 year period. And it was always sold to like families. I know the family that bought it from us ended up being, um, there was a small Mexican family. They had like two sons and it was just a mom and a dad. And I don't know. I mean, the house was really big and it needed a lot of improvements. So I don't know if, anything ever happened to them and that's why they sold it or if it was just the upkeep of the house which was really draining my family they just couldn't keep up with it Hmm. Um, interesting but makes you wonder no kidding i've I've wanted so many times to reach out to those people and see who's bought it or talk to them like especially when i go to visit family in my hometown always have to drive past the house i can't stay away from it i always want to see it and just I don't know. I I always want to go talk to those people, but I don't want to show up and be, you know, the crazy person that was like, can you see any ghosts here? <laughs> but, it's, it's weird. It's dark. Really dark. I don't, I don't like the sound of that. That's for sure. I wouldn't be comfortable staying there. We ended up, so then after that, um, my older sister started having her boyfriend and now her husband, uh, stay with her at the house because she just flat out refused to leave which from what I know about demonic possession is a key thing to it where you just become latched on as it becomes latched on to you because she just you couldn't reason with her we have no idea why she would want to stay living there we had tons of family that would have more than welcomed her Um, she did end up living with my grandma after we sold the house but no idea why she didn't go live with my grandma during this time he stayed with her they ended up they stopped sleeping in her bedroom they had to start sleeping in the living room because they just were so uncomfortable feeling trapped from what he described Uh with the stuff going on there was a there were multiple entries and exits to the house like doors to the outside and the living room had the most straight shot out to the road to the front of the house so they started sleeping in the living room because he said that they, this is from him that they heard footsteps upstairs one time coming home and went up to go look and went into their bedroom. And then I really don't know, I don't know if something spoke or there was some kind of noise and they literally left the house right then and there and went over to his parents' house. Something happened upstairs that I, I don't even know when we saw the, we, we all went, me me and my sister and her boyfriend all went to go see the conjuring and Mm. cried, cried in the conjuring because that is literally felt like what we went through just minus the mother being possessed. It was just the dog dying 
the knocking, the weird little, like, the smells of, like, weird stuff, and just the overall, like, gloomy, hateful feelings in the house. It was just really just unsettling, just an entirely, like, sickening to be inside the house. Um, the last couple days that my family owned the house, we were completely moving everything out. Everything had been taken out of the house. We were only sleeping there for two more days, and then it was, we were out of there. So, um, my grandma came over to help us. It was me, my older sister, my mom, and my grandma all cleaning the house from top to bottom. We had to turn every light on in the house. Every, every single light was on in the house because none of us wanted to be there um, in any kind of darkness. And um, then it was time to go to bed, and we were going to go sleep over at my grandma's house um, after we got done cleaning. I don't know if it was that my mom was too afraid or what it was, but she told me to go through the house, turn off all the lights, and make sure everything was shut and locked. I really did not want to go through the entire house because all the lights were on. That means I had to go into every single room, every closet, every... I mean, the, the, our, our house had, like, two full living rooms. It had... It could house... It was meant to house, like, a family of 16 because it was just family, farm people, yeah. lots of kids. I'm one of eight children, so, like, that was always the intention for the house. So um, I started in the furthest part of the house, which was a newer part of the house. It it had been an addition in the past like 10 years and just kind of made my way from the upstairs of that down and then forward like through. So my back was never to any darkness. Um, And I got almost done. I just had to go through the dining room and then the entryway. And as I went through the dining room and turned off the light, I noticed that I could see like a glow coming from the bathroom. And that was the TV on TV fuzz again. <laughs> and went in there. Um, you had to basically climb up over the bathtub in order to get to it because it had never, it was not being used at any point. We didn't have the remote for it and still had no idea how it was still being turned on. Climbed up over the bathtub, turned it on got just to turn my side to turn off the light and walk out and it flipped back on and I could see the TV light come over me and cast my shadow. And then, uh, just, (laughs) just got just crazy. Just bolted, just wanted nothing, just left the lights on, just ran out. Um, my family was my sister and my mom and my grandma were all waiting outside in front of the house and then, uh, ran up to them. was like, Nope, Nope, not going back in there. The, the TV just turned, oh, get out of here, dogs. The TV just turned back on by itself in front of me. Um, and then my grandma was like, you know, I'll go in there with you. It'll be okay. Like, you know, my grandma was super religious, very Catholic. Um, and believed everything and saw it too, but just, I felt like because she, I don't know, she, she just believed so strongly in God and Jesus that it, they would be there to help us and protect us, that she had the balls to go inside that house with me. And we got in there together and just like completely side by side, went up to the TV, 
and turned it back off and then stepped away from it and started walking just to the door. Hadn't even turned around yet. Cause both of us are just like, we're watching the TV. <laughs> like just <laughs> come on and stay off. And, uh, just back on, just, just like instantly back on same thing. And, uh, I was done. I grabbed my grandma and she was just like, you know, she started praying. She said something like, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave this house um, and something like that. And, uh, went back aggressively, turned the TV off and then stood there like challenging it. And then it stayed off. We turned off the lights, turned everything off, locked up the house and went and slept over at her house. <sighs> That'll do it. Yeah, no, she uh, was, do she was not take any shit from whatever was going on there. Um, so next day was the last day. Um, I don't know why we slept in the house that last night. I don't know if it was just like a nostalgia thing where my mom was just having a hard time letting go of the house and what was going on. Um, but everything was done and turned off. Um, we went to go finish everything off. I don't even know if we were there all day. So much of this is like blurred out from just sheer terror of even being in the house in the middle of the day. But um, the last thing that I remember is just us all going up to bed, really mad that we had to sleep in our own rooms. We all wanted to sleep in the living room. And my mom was like, no, go upstairs, sleep in your bed one last time. I'm getting rid of everything tomorrow and we're done. And uh, I, I was just laying on my back, just laying there looking up at the ceiling and I could just feel it. I could just feel something horrible about to happen. And all the cabinets just start going, just, just slamming uh, like full force, just, <laughs> and all not even at once, just all on their own. Like each cabinet had its own rhythm. It was, it just banged up that you could hear it throughout the entire house, just echoing a ma massive empty house. And then all these cabinets, all wood cabinets in the kitchen, just going. Um, and then, I saw a figure in my door and at this point I'm just like trying not to just scream. I don't even think I could scream. I, I might've tried and just could not. And then it came into my room and it was my sister and she's like completely like a trauma victim, not phased by it. Like just completely like cold, like, you see this now, like, this is what I've been sleeping in. Like when I've been staying here with my boyfriend and staying here overnight. Um, and she's like, do you want to come sleep in my room? And I'm just like, still the cabinets are going, we're having a conversation and they're fucking going. And, um, we just kind of bolt down the hallway to her room. Um, and sit on her bed. We're just sitting on the bed at this point. We're not going to go to sleep. <laughs> We're just sitting with our legs over the bed, listening to it. And then it stops and we can hear our mom talking downstairs and calm, like completely just having like a conversation. And so we thought, you know, maybe mom just snapped and she was the one begging the cabinets or something. Um, no idea, but, uh, 
went downstairs and then um, found her just sitting in a chair in the kitchen, uh, basically just telling them, you know, you've given us such a hard time about this. Why are you guys giving us such a hard time? You know, we have to leave. We can't afford it. Just like basically trying to guilt them into stopping (laughs) and came down there. My mom stopped talking and looked at us and she's like, you know, you guys should really just go to bed. And we're just like, we, we can't go to bed. Are you kidding? And she's like, it's going to be okay now. Like I've talked to them. Don't worry about it. Um, so, <laughs> and that's just kind of where it stopped. That was really the end of it. I, I think we ended up all sleeping in my sister's room and then, uh, left the next morning and that was really it. And this was like at 2 a.m. in the morning. It was like two or three in the morning and then slept for maybe four hours. And then we're, we were out of there and we packed up really early, like 6 a.m. and left. And that was it. Never went back to the house. Never looked back. Um, my sister will tell anyone who tries to listen. And so will her, will her husband. They're, they're completely open about it and just as interested. And uh, they'll, they, they talk about completely different experiences than I had because they were there so much more. Um, but then it took literally years for my mom to even acknowledge what was going on. Not that she didn't believe it or anything like that, but just, I think it was really, really hard for her. My mom is actually a mortician (laughs) and I think it kind of shook her to her core about death, especially someone who dealt with death as like kind of a business exchange and not so much. I, I don't know how much thought she really put into the afterlife. Um, So it just kind of, she kind of came loose with us asking um, one night and we just all talked about it. And it was such a relief for me to acknowledge because anything, anyone who can be there and confirm your experiences, it just helps immensely. Like I felt tremendous guilt about my dog. I still do. And just having her reiterate like, yeah, no, that was, that was really messed up. We still don't know what happened. We don't know why it killed your dog. It it killed your dog. And just having her assurance and my sister's assurance that it wasn't anything other than that. There was no one showing up at the house or anything else like that. I mean, I think my sister called the police twice when the cabinets and the doors first started being open. Um, and they kind of came and went through the house and said, you know, there's no one here. Do you have somewhere that you can go stay? And she would just kind of be like, no, I'll just stay here and just make sure all the doors are locked. And then I don't, they just kind of went from there. I don't, I don't even know why they called the police to be honest, because this was after the growling and my dog and the lights and the TV that it, why, why would it be someone, you know? it's a tough one that's a tough one i hear about this a lot you know believe it or not i have a lot of people that reach out to me that talk about this kind of stuff it's not not as underground as you might think it is and unfortunately because of the like i said the commercialization and then on top of that all the the crazy people that are involved with it it so much of it's discounted 
you know, and I really mm-hmm. think that whatever happened to you is is real. And I believe you, you know, I believe your story and it's terrifying. You know, this this has happened to more than just you. And I've talked to people that have had really, really dark things happen. Uh, there was a girl actually that I've talked to twice now on the show that she didn't really open up about some of the stuff during the first episode. She did during our second second go around, but she was dealing with a, with an entity that would actually mimic people and like appear looking like the person and it was like really really dark stuff and it even included a a part where uh one of her friends or like a family member had a crucifix ripped off their neck by an unseen force Um, and like really dark stuff and you know i don't i don't know i don't know what you dealt with i think it's really dark and you know i'm glad you're out of that house and looks like it's all over for you yeah i I don't know like it just after leaving you just feel so I I can't stop like revalidating it to myself because part of me just like wants I wish I had the proof for myself I wish I had I mean even having my sister and my mom agree with me and talk about everything together it's still like there's still so much I wish I could have known I wish a lot of the stuff like I as soon as we left that house and a couple of years went by I just completely dove massively into the paranormal into like seeing things um and anything remotely similar to that and so did my older sister just because anything that was remotely similar to what we experienced helped tremendously feel like okay like there's there's someone out there that understands it's not it's it can be validated. It can be something real. It's not just, you know, we all had this massive family hysteria where this, this stuff was happening. Cause that really scares me. Like the thought of the possibility of it not being real and my dog and cat dying and things like that, possibly being like in some way our fault. I mean, it just, it, it's really hard to live with it, something like that and just think, you know, maybe it was all in our head or someone messing with us to an extent that was just pure evil. It doesn't, no idea. And nothing like that had ever happened before then. I mean, there was, I I remember little stuff as being like a really little kid and having like really weird experiences. But just when you're a kid, it's so normalized. You don't know what's not reality is so different when you're really little that I think a lot of the stuff I just kind of wrote off and didn't put any significance to like seeing uh, like shadows or like hearing stuff in the barns or anything like that. You just always assume it's like an animal or whatever it is. It doesn't really matter until it got violent. It didn't matter until it got really aggressive and mean and violent and scary. I mean, that'll fuck with you for a long time. And I don't think I would, I would ever get over it. I don't, I don't think it's something you can actually get over. It's, uh, it's something that I, I wish I could explain to you deeper. You know, I wish I, I wish I had an answer for you. You know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that these things live in different light spectrums and that they're some kind of multiverse thing, whatever, whatever many, many theories are out there. But, you know, I wish I could, I wish I could give you an answer and be like, oh yeah, this is what you dealt with. But the reality of it is we just don't know yet. And I don't think we're going to have the equipment to figure it out for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I went into physics. I was, I like completely devoted so much of my life to trying to just find anything that made sense to me, especially because we didn't grow up religious. My mom was raised Quaker. Um, and then we were kind of more or less left to choose what, what was real to us and what we chose to believe. I mean, we went to different kinds of churches and my mom was totally open to whatever we wanted to believe or pursue, but just never really had that religious background where I think as much as a really spiritual family would notice these things right away and pick up on them versus us who really didn't know where to go with it, how to handle it or what any of it really meant, especially like how uh, there was no pattern to it. It was never anything that the things that would happen would just be, things would be quiet for some days and be totally fine. And then other days, everything would just hit the fan. And I don't know if it took like days for it to build up enough energy to be really aggressive, especially because as the house got emptier, I don't know if it just had less and less, especially with like less people in the house and less objects. I feel like it had less to interact with, but it had to be creative and find things that it could really bother us with. It's possible. I mean, like the, the theory with poltergeist is that they feed off of people. Right. Uh, you know, like if you look into like a lot of the poltergeist, I guess mm-hmm. you would call it information. Generally, a yep. lot of it stemmed from like young people in the house and it, like teenagers and stuff. And it's generally when you start seeing a lot of activity with things moving around, that's just, you know, basic consensus on people that have really looked into it. But who really knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I wish I, mm-hmm. I wish I knew why it would stop and come back and stop and come back and who knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Sarah, yeah, I think that um, I think that that really wraps it up. I mean, unless you got some some more you want to talk about. Um. No, I got other stuff, but yeah, no. If you ever want to do this again, I'll just kind of let this be, and if you want to reach out about anything else because I went full blown into a lot of this stuff. Um, I've experienced other things, even like in moving in new houses and stuff. And um, just, I, I've, I've always reached out to people who had similar experiences with me. I have uh, really close friends that have had so many things to tell me that we've bonded with over the years because of just how much, it's dramatically affected my life. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, <laughs> I'm totally down for round two if you are. So let's, 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 let's make a schedule. Um, and we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll pair up again in the coming, coming weeks here and, and get, or, or even fairly, re- fairly soon. We'll, 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 we'll pair up again and, and get another, another one out because I think that I think you got more to tell and I think that it because we're already sitting at about 40 minutes which is a full episode so sure. you know it, I, th- I think that this is gonna really help out a lot of people because they're gonna be able to really listen to your story and, and relate to it and that's what you know it's what, what we're all about here so you know okay. but let's let's link up again and we'll uh, we'll do some more 100% okay 